There ain't no grave can hold my body down. Across the country this weekend, hundreds were arrested in ongoing protests over police shootings. You have North Korea, you have nuclear weapons. A story just now that's breaking over in Britain where police are responding to what they call a serious incident at the Manchester Arena. What do you think I see? I see a band of angels and they're coming after me. Ain't no grave can hold my body down. There ain't no grave can hold my body down. Yes, I'm really, uh, really excited about this series, talking about Fearless and, and a little Johnny Cash, never hurt anybody. Uh, so... I'm super pumped. Before, before we get into kind of the content for tonight, uh, I want to remind you of one thing and then let you know about something else. The reminder is uh, tomorrow night we have our next community night, and so we try and gather outside of Thursday night somewhere, and so tomorrow night at 7 p.m., we're going to uh, Swanee Town Center. They're having like food truck Friday, and uh, it's going to be a party. It'll be fun. They're doing live music, that kind of thing, and so we'd love for you guys to come out at 7 p.m. if you can show up. Uh, I'm taking like a big tent out there, so we'll have a place to gather as a group and and just have a good time together outside of Thursday nights. And then uh, the next thing that I want to let you know about is school starting back up. And so if you go to uh, GGC on, uh, I believe it's August 12th. Let me make sure it's not this Saturday, but next Saturday. Um, I want to, yeah, August 12th. I want to do a, we're going to prayer walk the campus. And so if you're going to GGC and, man, you really want to see that campus and the people there come to know Jesus and it be turned around and the gospel illuminate on that campus, man, I'd love for you to join me. Uh, I don't know if it's just me. I'll prayer walk the whole place. But if, if, uh, if you want to come and join, I'd love for that to happen. Even if you don't go to GGC but you feel like uh, God's put something on your heart to pray for the young adults in our community, I'd love for you to join us as well. And then the Saturday after that, so that's August 19th, uh, we're going to do the same at uh, UNG Gainesville because I know a lot of you go there. And so I know we have several different schools represented. Some of you drive all the way down to Georgia State. Good for you. Uh, you're crazy for getting in that, ca that traffic, but good for you. Gwinnett Tech, Lanier Tech, I know there's a couple different places, but really feel like GGC and UNG are kind of the ones that God has given us uh, specific favor into uh, to reach, and so that's, those are the ones we're going after. So I would love for you to uh, be a part of that prayer walking with us, and you can stay tuned for more details. I'm excited to uh, dive in to this new series uh, tonight. At the end of this month, we're going to launch into uh, kind of a vision Series a few weeks on vision and where I believe God's taken us uh, into the next year. But I thought it would be cool to kind of uh, propel you into this next season of life, whatever it is, if it's another year of school or if it's work or whatever the fresh thing that is happening. I wanted to kind of spend a few weeks hoping to uh, ignite a fire in you and propel you into this uh, season by talking about something that I think we all face. And we all face fear. It's something that is in every single one of us. And so I want to spend uh, just a few weeks talking about some specifics around fear, and I hope that it helps you. And so I want to read to you the verse that we're kind of going to gather around um, for the next few weeks that is one of my favorite verses, and it's found in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. And um, if you're going to get a tattoo of Scripture, you should consider this one. In fact... Um, Tonight we've got a, a tattoo artist in the lobby that's going to be 
inking. It's going to be inking everybody. <laughs> I would get fired. But um, the verse says this. It's one of my favorite verses. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. I love those three things. Power, love, and a sound mind. Not fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And so we're going to be talking about that uh, for the next few weeks. So uh, let, me just, let me just pray for us as we go into this time, and uh, then we'll dive into what God has for us. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for what you want to speak into our lives. And uh, I thank you for those that are so passionate about the gospel that they're willing to go to the other side of the world to spread it. But, Father, we need your gospel right here, and we need to know more about you right here in Gwinnett County. And so, Lord, we ask that you would speak to us tonight. And, uh, Father, may we be different walking out those doors than when we walked in them. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, last, guy, uh, last week, you guys did something really cool for me, and uh, you kind of helped me celebrate uh, my one-year anniversary, I guess you could call it, um, kind of my one-year marker as being the pastor of uh, College at 12 Stones. Really special. I loved it, and uh, thank you for doing that. Um, but I just want you to know, man, I, I am so honored uh, to be your pastor, and I, and I love serving alongside you guys and going after Jesus with you. I just, it's really one of the greatest joys of my life and uh, just something that I, I really enjoy. And I think part of that is because I, I kind of feel like we're in this journey together. Like, I kind of feel like I'm not that far in front of you. I'm, I, just so you guys know, I have a birthday coming up uh, this month where I'll be uh, 29. I'm ancient. Uh, I'm 29 years old, and so I'm not that much older than you guys. I'm 29. I, I have, I am married, and, and I have a child. Uh, but so I think maybe I'm just like one step ahead of of some of you. You know, got the family thing. Uh, I guess somewhat of a career thing, and 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 that. Then I'm 29, so I'm just like one step. But I still feel like one of you, and I don't know if that's good or bad. But I still feel like like I, I'm adulting right beside you. You know, we're all adulting together. How many of you love adulting? It sucks so bad, right? Can we all just, just claim together adulting is the worst thing ever? It's, uh, do you remember when you were in high school and you were getting ready to graduate and you were so excited to get into the real world and get outside of high school? And then now for some of you that are like a couple years out of that, you're like, gosh, life was so easy, right? It was so easy. Some of you are like, nah, bro, I hated high school. You don't know my high school experience. <laughs> uh, for me, I look back and go, man, my wife, she's one of those. She's like, no, high school was a disaster. I'd never go back to it. For me, I'm like, man, high school was so easy. Now I got bills to pay and, and all this kind of stuff. Adulting is so difficult. I, I think, I, I really think it's awful. But what happens is the older you get, the, the, as you mature in age, the more responsibility you get, right? And then with responsibility comes pressure and the more pressure you get on your life like it's just more and more and more and if you're not careful with all that stuff the more fear can begin to control your life not only is it pressure and responsibility it's fear and what happens is I mean if we were to go around the room and just say what what are you what, what are you most fearful of 
What are the things in your life that you just really fear? What causes you to have feelings of fear? I wonder what each of us, I know that there's fear about future, about career, about job, about fear of, of singleness, that w- will I ever be loved by someone, fear of, of sickness, fear of finances, fear of the political state of our country, right? Like, we would all have different things that we struggle with fear over. There's a, uh, a magazine article, it's called the Report Magazine article, and it says this, it says that ordinary children today are more fearful than psychiatric patients in 1950. That it's more common for like an ordinary child to have more fear in their life than a psychiatric patient in 1950. So congratulations, we're all psychos, right? (laughs) I mean, fear is a bigger deal in our lives than we think. And it's, and it's, it's manifested differently. It comes out differently. And I think that's why it's hard to track because you don't see it as fear. You see it as other things. Let me give you some things that fear kind of hides itself behind. Uh, Dread, worry, stress, depression, loneliness, anxiety. All of those things are symptoms of the root cause, which is fear. And you say, no, 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 Austin, like the reason I'm anxious is because I have a job interview coming up that's really important, and I really need this job. Uh, Not because I'm fearful. It's because it's important, and I need it. And I get it, but if you look underneath kind of the surface of most of the things that you have anxiety about or the things that you're stressed about, underneath the surface is fear. Because I can sit down and talk to you, and I I would say, well, tell tell me why this interview is so important to you. And more than likely, you would say something like, well, it's my dream job. And if I get my dream job, then I'll have a little money. And then if I have a little money, then I can pay off debt. And if I, have a, if I can pay off debt, then I can buy a new car. And then maybe I can get more stable and then eventually get married and then eventually have kids. Like, this job is the beginning of that. And so then I would say, well, essentially what you're saying then is that you're fearful that this may be your only job opportunity. You're fearful that you'll never have money. You're fearful of finance. You're fearful of the relationships. You're fearful of all of these things. Therefore, you put ridiculous amounts of weight into this one thing. Do you see how it just kind of compounds on on one another? And that's how fear ends up happening because most of us are struggling with fear. And we all have it in different areas. Fear comes out in all of us in different ways. Some people are so fearful that others won't like them, that they build massive insecurities that completely dictate their life, all because of fear. Some people are so fearful that they'll have a crappy marriage just like their parents, and so instead of risking loving somebody, they instead just will take sleeping with somebody because you don't even want to get into the idea of love because you're afraid that it may turn into something that you've experienced maybe in your own home. Some people are so fearful that they'll fail at something. So they never go after anything out of the ordinary because what if they fail? Some people are so fearful that God is angry at them because of their sin. So they live in a world 
where there's spiritual chains and bondage rather than a life of freedom. Fear sucks. Fear sucks the potential out of all your gifting. It sucks the happiness out of your day. It sucks the joy from your relationships. It sucks adventure out of your relationship with God. Fear takes all great things in life. Living with fear sucks. Nothing good comes from it. Listen to this. No one has ever said, uh, my fears put such a spring in my step. (laughs) Doesn't that sound ridiculous? No one's ever said, man, I'd be a really rotten person if it wasn't for my hypochondria. No one's ever said that. You never heard that? No one's ever said, man, thank God for my paranoia. No one's ever said that. No one's, no one's ever said, uh, my doctor says I'm in great health because of my anxiety. Have you ever heard any of these things? No. Fear never wrote a symphony or a poem. Fear never negotiated a peace treaty or cured a disease. Fear never pulled a family out of poverty or a country out of bigotry. Fear ne- never saved a marriage or a business. Fear does nothing good in your life. And if you allow fear to control you, you become a coward. You become a coward if you allow fear to control you. Cowards are so full of fear that they are guided by their fear rather than by God. And and listen to this. Fear ultimately becomes their God. If you let fear control you so much, ultimately fear is your God. I hope you're getting a taste of why the conversation about fear is so important. God does not want you to live filled with fear. In fact, he intends for you to live a life that is fearless. That's fearless. Followers of God all through history have had fearless faith. If you read the scriptures, you'll find so many people that had fearless faith. You got Moses, who was fearless before Pharaoh, This guy is the king of the most powerful nation in the world, and Moses uh, defied him fearlessly. David before Goliath, a teenager versus a giant, fearless. Peter and the disciples before and after the resurrection of Jesus, fearless. John the Baptist was preaching to a pagan king fearlessly. Christians all through history. Look at Martin Luther Hung the 95 Theses, fearless. So what is the secret of fearless faith? What's the secret of fearless faith? Can an ordinary person like you and me have fearless faith? For the next few minutes, I want to talk to you about the secret of fearless faith. I want to do so by reading a story in the Bible. I know you've been sitting for a while. Are you guys good? You alive and well? So let's keep rolling. I want to read you a story in the Bible. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. I preached from this story uh, before. But I I love, here's one of the reasons why I love the scriptures. Because you can read it one time and God can speak to you one way. You can read it again and he'll speak to you another way through it. And so I want to pull out some things from uh, this passage of scripture that I believe are, are really trying to teach us about fear and fearless faith. 
So Mark chapter 4, verse 35. By the way, I'm sorry about uh, the bulletins. You have to take notes on your phones. Our printer uh, is janky, and so we had some trouble <laughs> with the bulletins. So uh, take, you all got cell phones. It's 2017. Take notes. Are you there? Are you ready to read? Come on, somebody say amen if you're ready. Amen. Love a little energy. All right. It says this. It says, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also others, other boats with him. A furious squall came up. We don't use that word often, but really it means an earthquake. Came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, he rebuked the wind, and he said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. And this was his response to the disciples. He says, Why are you so afraid? Why do you have so much fear? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? Why are you so filled with fear? Do you not have any faith? Jesus indicates in this passage that fear and faith are opposites. They are opposites from one another. We are either filled with fear or we're filled with faith. And the disciples were focused on how, I want to teach you two words that may be new to you, or maybe, maybe you're a genius and you don't know, or you do know them. But here's two new words. Disciples were focused on how imminent and how potent the storm was. Imminent means like how real, how uh, present, how near. It was right there in front of them. The disciples were focused on that and how potent, how powerful it was. They were so focused on the storm, the disciples were which filled them with fear, which, by the way, seems natural. If, if I'm in an earthquake, I'm going to be a little fearful, too. I think if, if we're going to, you know, let's let the disciples off of the hook a little bit on this. But Jesus expects more from them, something supernatural. He rebukes them for having fear. The disciples' response, they were, ter they were terrified of Jesus. So Jesus says, guys, you have no faith. What's the deal? And he calms the storm. And their response was this. They were terrified of him. Why? Because now their focus wasn't on how imminent and how potent the storm was. Their focus was on how imminent and potent Jesus was. This is the secret of fearless faith. If you're taking notes, I would love for you to write this down. The secret of fearless faith is that Jesus is more imminent and potent than all my fears. He is more near, present, and more powerful than all of my fears. Was the storm imminent? Yes. They were right in the middle of it. But it wasn't more imminent than Jesus. Was the storm potent? Yes. They were sinking. The boat was filling with water. They were going to die. But it wasn't more potent than Jesus. And Jesus rebuked them because they did not need to be afraid. They were supposed to react to the storms differently than people who don't know Jesus. Catch that. Those that were following Jesus were supposed to react to the storms in their life 
differently than those who were not following Jesus. It's almost like Jesus was saying, guys, you can be right in the middle of the storm and still not be fearful. You can still be filled with faith. And I want you to know that that can be true of you also. That you can be right in the middle of a storm in your life and still be filled with faith, not fear. No matter what kind of storm, I want to tell you tonight that God is more imminent and potent than whatever storm you're going through. All fear comes from a lack of faith. I want to circle back through some of the text and just kind of bring out a few things that I think teach us about fearless faith. Number one is this. They were only near Jesus because they obeyed. If you read the scripture, it says that Jesus said, hey, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. The disciples had to obey Jesus when he said, let's go over to the other side. See, I think one of the reasons why we don't feel like Jesus is near and present and imminent in our lives is because there's disobedience in our lives. There's areas in your life where you're clearly disobeying him, and yet we throw our hands up and go, where is God at? Why is he not with me? Why, why can I not feel God? Why is he not present with me? Maybe it's because there's disobedience in your life. You think about in the garden, there was sin. Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. And it says that they got afraid and they hid from him. That because of their sin, they were afraid and they hid from God. And eventually, being hid from God separated them from God. And I think when disobedience is present in our lives... We feel distant from God. And when we feel distant from God, we want to run from God even more. But the disobedience is at the core. Some of us cultivate fear into our lives through disobedience. God is, God is more imminent, but you don't feel like he is. Because you're still on the shore when he's called you out into the sea. You don't feel like God is near because you're still on the shore and he's called you out to the sea. If you're struggling with feeling like God is near and present and active in your life, I would encourage you to ask God to convict you of things in your life that are maybe not lining up with how he would desire for them to be. You understand? Second thing is this. Jesus calmed the storm only after they prayed to him. Now, I don't know if it's like a traditional prayer necessarily, but they said this. It says the disciples woke him and said to him, this is their prayer. Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Kind of a cry, but also a prayer, right? Teacher, don't you care if we drown? See, I think many of us don't experience the power of God in our life because we have a prayerless life. And we wonder why God is not powerful and why God is not doing anything. But even all throughout Scripture, God responds when his people cry out to him. And God's power is only present when we begin to pray. You experience God's power much more when you begin to pray. So perhaps the reason why God doesn't feel imminent and potent in your life is because there's disobedience or prayerlessness. If I had to give us just kind of two things to walk out of here and examine our own hearts, I would say examine where there's disobedience and where there's prayerlessness. 
Because how can God be near me and powerful in me and at work around me if I'm distant from him and if I'm not crying out to him? Now, God is sovereign. I believe God can do whatever he wants, but he responds to the cries of his people. Amen? That's our responsibility is to pray to him. I want to read to you in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7. If you've ever struggled with anxiety and all this kind of stuff, you may have heard this before. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, what? By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. So you battle the fear and the anxiousness with prayer and petition. It's why the disciples experienced his power. What would it look like for you to be fearless is the question. What would it look like for you to be fearless? Fearless have peace and adversity. People who live fearless lives have peace and adversity. I wanted to give you a few of these scriptures for maybe you can write them down and walk out of here and know that this, these are present in a fearless life. Psalm 56.3, when I am afraid, I will trust in you. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Even though I walk through the valley, I will fear not, for you are with me. Fearless people have peace in adversity. They also have joy in trial. In Philippians chapter 4, says this, says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Here's the crazy thing about this. This is a guy named Paul, and he's writing from a prison cell. You want to talk about fearless. They rejoice. They have joy. I li- yeah, it's good. I literally just un- like screwed my microphone. It freaked me out for a second. They have joy in the middle of a trial. Paul Paul said rejoice in a prison cell. Peace in adversity, joy in trial, and lastly, they have hope in darkness. And Micah says this, says, do not gloat over me, my enemy. Who is powerful? Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. What a strong confession. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. The fearless have hope in the middle of darkness. You don't want to be a slave to fear. And here's the good news. You don't have to be a slave to fear. So I want to read you a story as the band comes back up and we prepare to worship with one last song. I want to read you a story, kind of a history lesson. Any history buffs in the room? No? Okay. This story is about a guy named Booker T. Washington. You ever heard of Booker T. Washington? I want to read to you this story. It says this. It said, Booker T. Washington, um, 
he relates kind of fear in a helpful way, uh, including his mother. It says this, it says, Every morning of his young life, he, along with all the plantation slaves, they were awakened by the crow of a rooster. Long before the daybreak, the unwelcome noise would fill the sod shanties, reminding Washington and his fellow workers, his fellow slaves, to crawl out of bed and leave for the cotton fields. The rooster's crow came to symbolize their dictated life of long days and back-breaking labors. But then came the Emancipation Proclamation. Abraham Lincoln pronounced freedom for all the slaves. But check this out. The next morning, young Booker T. Washington was awakened once again by the rooster. Only this time, his mother was chasing it around with an axe. The Washington family, later that night, cooked up their alarm clock and ate fried chicken. Check this out. Their first act of freedom was to silence the reminder of slavery. And here's why I wanted to read you that, is that fear will constantly call out to you. Having faith doesn't mean that fear isn't present. Having faith gives you the tool to fight fear. Faith is the tool that you battle fear with. It doesn't mean that fear won't ever come up. It doesn't mean that you won't have fear in your life. It just means I have a weapon in which I fight fear with. And so for many of you, you need to practice killing the rooster. Because many of you, the same fear that you struggle with, it will come back up again. And it's not like it's just going to die off and go away. The same things that always bring you anxiety are going to bring you anxiety possibly tomorrow and maybe the next day. It's not that these things magically disappear. They may, but they may not. They may still be there. But the victory comes when you realize that you don't have to live with it anymore and that it may still come up in your life. It still may crow in your life, but you have a weapon to kill that joker. You have a weapon to fight against it. And some of you are just living with the sound of a crow calling out in your life over and over and over again. And yet with Jesus, you have a faith in which that crow no longer has to bring up all those things again. With Jesus, you have a weapon to fight. You can have peace in the middle of anxiety. You can have joy. You can have hope. You can have all of these things in which you fight that rooster when it comes up. And so I wanted to challenge you guys tonight as you go into whatever season it is, a new school year or whatever, to live fearlessly. To live fearlessly. It doesn't mean that it will never come. It just means I have the tools to fight this. I can have hope. I can have peace. I can have joy. They can be present in my life. And remember that the secret to fearless faith is knowing that Jesus is more imminent and potent than any fear that I face. And I'm so excited to kind of dive into this deeper for the next few weeks and some, some specifics of fear and how they affect our lives. But the core of it is this, is that Jesus is more powerful and more near than any fear in my life. 
and I don't have, a, have to live arrested by those things. I can have victory over them. And so I want to challenge us to sing tonight. Maybe that's you. Maybe, maybe you're fighting some fears and maybe you're fighting some things and you're going, Austin, yeah, but that sounds cute and all, but you don't know the things. Listen, this, this is not a cute message. This is, this is some powerful stuff. We believe this is real and that in Jesus you can have this. But it may take you chasing after the rooster a little bit. So I want to challenge us tonight to put our eyes on Jesus, to say, God, we look to you. We look to you for the victory over the fears in our life. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? Let me just pray over you tonight. So, Father, I'm, I'm very aware that fear is, is not casual, that it's not just a cute little topic, but that for some people in this room, it is completely controlling some people's lives. But God, you have told us that in you, we can put our trust in a God who is more imminent and potent, powerful than whatever we are facing. And that in that, Father, we can have all the things that you offer in peace and hope and joy. And so, Lord, I, I pray over the person in this room who is battling something specific. And right now, God, they're sitting under the sound of my voice and wondering how this could ever be possible. God, I, I ask that you would give a supernatural breakthrough in their life and that you would begin to, to cover all the fears that they're facing with your nearness and your power in their life. And Father, what you would do in and through us if we were not controlled by fear, I believe would be astounding. And so Lord, we ask for breakthrough in it. God, we pray that in the next few weeks that you would begin to break the chains of fear that are gripping some of us tonight. And God, that you would help us to live a life and to have a faith that is fearless. So whatever we're walking into, whatever is right in front of our face, whatever seems so powerful and so present and so near, oh God, would you give us such a vision and such a perspective and such a new, fresh sense of who you are and how you reign over all of that. Father, would you give that to us? That's our ask and our prayer. And so Lord, we look to you for it tonight. And we pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with us as we worship tonight?